This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. It's time for Pope Pope Parliament where we bring you updates from the Day One Rakyat. So today's session started with a question from Pakan MP, Datuk Sri Sheikh Mohammad Puzi Sheikh Ali, who addressed his question to the Ministry of Home Affairs. He wanted to know what proactive and progressive solutions would be taken to overcome the serious case of congestion for passport matters at the Immigration Department. He also asked about a proposal to reinstate the walk-in passport application process. So in his response, the Minister of Home Affairs, Datuk Sri Saifuddin Nasution Ismail, said that immediately after the COVID-19 threat subsided, uh, Malaysians began applying for passports at a higher rate. Uh, and in fact, the number of applications that came in increased many times over. So this in turn led to congestion at the uh, offices. He added that out of 73 immigration offices, the most congested were the ones in the Klang Valley, such as the offices in Jalan Landuta, Wangsa Maju, Shalam and Klanajaya. The minister then went on to talk about the steps being taken to address this problem. Uh, rakan saya dari Pekan bertanya apakah langkah yang telah diambil. Pertama, uh, Jabatan Immigration kita tambah bilangan hari bekerja tujuh hari seminggu. Sabtu Ahad pun bekerja juga khususnya di pejabat pengelola pasport yang mengalami kesesakan ketara. Ada sembilan di wilayah Persekutuan dan Selangor, ada lima di Johor, ada tiga di Perak, masing-masing satu di Melaka, Pulau Pinang dan Kedah. Jumlahnya dua puluh. Dua puluh daripada tujuh puluh tiga yang kesesakan luar biasa, hari Sabtu Ahad pun bekerja, termasuk UTC pun bekerja. Untuk itu, kita keluarkan belanja untuk overtime ni sebesar 10 juta ringgit. Yang kedua, kita syorkan supaya permohonan tu dibuat secara atas talian. Untuk dipertua, uh, sepanjang tempoh pandemik COVID dan selepasnya, sehinggalah hari ini, kita telah keluarkan hampir 2.5 juta pasport. Daripada 2.5 juta pasport itu, 45% adalah permohonan secara atas talian. Dia mengisi borang, kot syarat, kot gambar yang berkualiti, dia isi dalam tak sampai lima minit. Cuma pasport dia itu akan ambil masa untuk beberapa hari. Berbanding dia walk in, hari itu juga siap. Itu je beda dia. Jadi langkah proaktif, kita tambah masa bekerja. Kita masih lagi benarkan dia walk in. Kemudian kita juga committed untuk permohonan yang walk-in ini siap dalam satu hari. Terima kasih. That was Minister of Home Affairs, Datuk Sri Saifuddin Nasution Ismail, explaining steps that the ministry is taking to address congestion at the passport issuing offices. This includes increasing the number of working days to include weekends, with 10 million ringgit being allocated for overtime payment. Then Tumpat MP Datuk Mumtaz Mohamad Nau, in a supplementary question, asked the minister if the government was aware of the congestion at the immigration counters um, at the country's main entrance, which can take up to three hours when it comes to having a passport stamped. So in his response, 
the minister said that there had been congestions at immigration counters um, in the country's main entry gates, particularly at the Kuala Lumpur International Airport, and that the ministry is working out ways to solve the problem. As an immediate solution, Saifuddin said that the auto gates at KLIA that were only open for Malaysians will also be open to foreigners, particularly those that are coming from low-risk countries like Singapore and Brunei. Uh, So let us know, is this something you've experienced? Have you been caught up in congestion when applying for your passport lately? What do you think of the solutions provided by the minister? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Next up, a question from Banda Kuching MP Dr. Kelvin Yee, who kicked off his question with a short, light-hearted pantun, which of course, we had to play. Bumi Sarawak, Bumi Kenyalang, makan laksa hati lega. Awal pagi saya datang, soalan saya nombor tiga. Yes, Pantun in Parliament, always a highlight. And the question he was referring to was addressed to the Health Ministry. And it was about the details on the negotiations with Maisa Jathras and Iran Berhad and how the ministry plans to optimise the use of the app. So in his response, Deputy Health Minister Lukanisman Awang Sauni said that after negotiations between the Health Ministry and my SJ and Iran Berhad, several agreements have been reached. Here's what they are. Kontrak bagi perolehan pengurusan aplikasi MySejahtera secara runingan terus adalah untuk tempoh 2 tahun iaitu mulai 1 April 2021 hingga 31 Mac 2023. Kesemua modul di bawah aplikasi MySejahtera adalah milik kerajaan Malaysia. Hak milik aplikasi dan data MySejahtera yang meliputi hak harta intelek, kod sumber, bagi modul-modul yang telah dibangunkan serta data, jenama dan logo MySejahtera adalah milik kerajaan. Kerajaan mempunyai hak penuh ke atas penggunaan platform MySejahtera melalui lesen platform kekal, perpetual license dengan izin, tanpa sebarang kos walaupun kontrak tidak dilanjutkan atau sekiranya kerajaan membuat keputusan melantik pihak lain untuk mengurus aplikasi MySejahtera dan kerajaan boleh menguruskan pembinaan modul-modul tambahan dengan menggunakan lesen ini bagi sebarang keperluan daripada segi pendigitalan kesihatan awam tanpa sebarang sekatan. The Deputy Health Minister also added that in line with the recommendations of Parliament's Public Accounts Committee that was released last October, the Ministry of Health is committed towards making the MySejahtera application a national public health management tool so as to aid in the digitization of health services. So examples of this include surveillance of contagious diseases to include vaccination records and uh, programs to help quit uh, smoking. In his follow-up question, Dr. Kelvin asked what direction the government intends to take with the app once their contract ends on the 31st of March this year. Uh, He also asked about the costs involved for a possible extension of that contract. Here's the response from the Deputy Minister. Uh, Kementerian telah mengadakan uh, runingan bersama dengan MySJ Sendirian Berhad dan hasil runingan tersebut akan dibentangkan kepada Jemaah Menteri dan dalam masa terdekat bersama dengan hala tuju aplikasi MySejahtera. Adakah kerajaan akan mengangkat MySejahtera ini sebagai satu super apps untuk uh, kesihatan ataupun hala tuju yang lain? Dan juga berkenaan tentang uh, pembayaran ataupun jumlah yang telah uh, dipersetujui oleh kerajaan melalui um, 
perbincangan dan juga siling yang telah ditetapkan oleh MOF. MOF telah meletakkan siling sebanyak 160 juta dan juga nilai tersebut uh, telah dirunding dan juga terdapat pembayaran dan data tersebut akan saya berikan secara bertulis kepada yang berhormat Bandaraya Kuching. Dan juga di sini saya ingin menambah yang dipertua berkenaan tentang hala tuju Mas Sejahtera. Kerajaan menyasarkan akan mengangkat aplikasi ini sebagai Digital Public Health Super App di mana kita ingin menjadikan apps ini sebagai satu data raya di hujung jari dan semua maklumat-maklumat berkenaan tentang kesihatan dan berjumlah 32 juta data tersebut akan kita gunakan untuk melihat bagaimanakah hala tuju kesihatan dengan dari segi mendapatkan bajet dan juga menyediakan perkhidmatan yang terbaik dan memudahkan rakyat. Dan selain daripada itu, My Sejahtera juga akan melibatkan kos dan kos ini akan kita tentukan selepas kontrak ini tamat pada 31 Mac 2023 nanti. That was Deputy Health Minister Lukanisma Nawangsauni speaking on the Ministry of Health's plans to turn MySajathra into a super app uh, to contain the health data of 32 million people, basically the entire Malaysian population. Uh, and also a minor clarification that 160 million figure cited by the Deputy Minister was later corrected to 196 million ringgit uh, in a tweet. So let us know, um, a perennial question, we've been talking about this uh, off and on for a while. How do you feel about this suggestion to turn MySajatra into a super app that will contain all of your health data? Call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Now moving on, Shalam MP Azli Yusuf asked the Ministry of Human Resources to talk about initiatives taken by the government to assist gig economy workers, along with the challenges faced in providing or mandating insurance coverage for this sector. So Minister of Human Resource V. Sivakumar said that through SOXO, the government had set up the Self-Employment Social Security scheme or SKSBC for those who are self-employed and this would include gig economy workers and the scheme also offers several benefits including medical benefits as well as temporary and permanent disability benefits. He said that all gig workers within the transport and within the transport and delivery of goods and food sectors have been required to contribute to this scheme since October 2021. The minister then spoke about the various initiatives and programmes that have been launched to encourage informal sector, sector workers, including registered gig workers. Pelbagai inisiatif dan program telah dilaksanakan sebagai galakan kepada pekerja sektor informal termasuk pekerja ekonomi gig berdaftar dan mencarum dengan perkeso Antaranya, satu, Perkeso telah melantik ejen korporat untuk membantu menggalakkan pekerja sektor informal untuk mencarum dalam SKSPC. Perkeso telah mengadakan sesi libat urus dengan kementerian dan agensi yang berkaitan seperti bekerjasama dengan kementerian pengangkutan di mana mencarum dengan SKSPC telah menjadi syarat untuk lesen memandu vocational GDL yang dikeluarkan oleh Jabatan Pengangkutan Jalan. Seterusnya, Perkeso juga telah memeterai memerendam persefahaman MOU dengan syarikat atau agensi yang berkaitan. Antaranya, Perkeso telah menjalin kerjasama dengan McDonald's Malaysia dengan menandatangani memerendam persefahaman pada 17 Oktober 2022 bagi memastikan semua penghantar makanan McDonald's melalui perkhidmatan McDelivery dicarum dan dilindungi dengan SKSPC. 
Perkesuh turut mengadakan program seranta antara program pemimpin bersama masyarakat, kempen kesedaran, aktiviti skuad prihatin dan um, sinergi perkesuh hebahan melalui media cetak dan elektronik serta media sosial. That was Minister of Human Resource V. Sivakumar. Lastly, Wangsa Maju MP Zahir Hassan asked the Ministry of Youth and Sports to talk about plans to empower hockey since the national team has successfully qualified for three consecutive World Cups in 2014, 2018 and then 2023. He also asked about the allocation for hockey from the total budget compared to other sports. So Deputy Minister for Youth and Sports Adam Adli responded to this. Here's what he said. Kementerian menerusi Majlis Sukan Negara setiasa memberikan tumpuan terhadap sukan hoki dan sukan ini telah diletakkan di bawah program podium serta disenaraikan sebagai sukan teras sejak tahun 2004. Sebagai persiapan untuk pasukan hoki negara ke Sukan Asia 2022 di Hangzhou, skuad hoki negara telah disenaraikan dalam projek khas iaitu projek AsiaCom yang bermula pada tahun 2021. Sukan-sukan berpotensi memenangi pingat di temasya sukan Commonwealth dan sukan Asia dipilih ke projek ini bagi menjalani program latihan sepenuh masa di bawah bimbingan jurulatih-jurulatih bertauliah. Antara perkhidmatan yang disediakan melalui projek ini ialah allowance latihan atlet, makanan, penginapan, latihan dan pertandingan di dalam atau di luar negara. Peralatan sukan Perkhidmatan sains dan perubatan sukan, pendidikan serta kebajikan. KBS melalui Majlis Sukan Negara pada tahun 2022 telah menyalurkan peruntukan berjumlah 2.86 juta kepada pasukan hoki negara. Penutupan peruntukan ini adalah penetapan peruntukan ini adalah berdasarkan kepada perancangan tahunan yang dibincangkan secara bersama-sama dengan pihak Konfederasi Hoki Malaysia dan pelbagai pemegang taruh yang lain. That was Deputy Minister for Youth and Sports, Adam Adli. He also said that in order to fuel support from Malaysia towards the national hockey team, the government had taken the initiative to organise live broadcasts of the sport through big screens at Dataran Merdeka in KL, as well as in Putrajaya during the recent Hockey World Cup that took place in India, which our national team participated in. He added that this initiative will be expanded to other states in the future. That's all for today. Here's a quick recap of highlights from today's Day One Rakyat. We heard about the steps that the Home Ministry is taking to address congestion at our passport issuing offices. Uh, we also heard about how the Health Ministry plans to optimise the use of MySajatra moving forward, as well as initiatives to assist gig economy workers. And finally, on how the Youth and Sports Ministry plans to empower hockey given the national team's recent successes. So um, if you have thoughts on that, if you have comments... Um, ideas, send them through. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.